We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. A. Steve Alexander here on the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast sponsored by Underdog. I'm Doc. That's Rick. It's Thursday, January 4th. We got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Happy New Year, fantasy freaks. It is your boy, Rick, boys Rick Kamla and Steve Alexander here. The Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. And uh, Happy New Year to you all. Um, we, uh, Doc, uh, need to get into the fantasy fallout of the OG Ananobi trade. Hey, uh, uh, Doc, OG is back. <laughs> okay, complained about him. Of I have uh, a, a lot this year, and when I saw, uh, I believe this came down on Sunday. I OG on an OB traded to the Knicks. Oh, giddy up! Here we go, baby. Um, and and so many uh, ripple effects of this uh, trade as well. Um, so let's start with OG Doc and uh, and, and kind of take this one by one. Um, OG on an OB. Uh, I mean, these aren't great stat lines, okay? But the goodies have returned. I want OG Ananobi, and I made a trade for him in the Cam Dynasty for steals and threes, all right? In the two games in New York, both wins, by the way, he's gone 17-6 with the rebounds uh, with two steals and three threes. He's gone last night against Chicago uh, 11-8-2 with two steals and one three. So, Doc, in two games in New York, uh, OG Ananobi is averaging two threes and two steals per game. This is what I'm talking about, dude. I'm very happy about the OG aspect of this trade, my friend. Well, yeah, and I thought you would be. And I, I like to trade for both teams, actually, in, in re- real life. I feel like Emmanuel quickly was kind of spinning his wheels in New York. I feel like RJ Barrett was kind of not necessarily the guy the Knicks wanted. I feel like OG was definitely spinning his wheels in Toronto. Like all of those dudes needed a new uh, vibe, a new, a new place to do their work. And I know you've, you've been complaining about OG and Anobi here for about three weeks now. And uh, I remember somebody wrote a question like, is OG washed? And you're like, yeah, I'm done. He's, he's done this year. I'm so mad about that trade I did. And I, I think this is new life for him with the Knicks. I think he's good to go the rest of the season. Hopefully, 
we see that third round fantasy player instead of the ninth round guy we had in Toronto this year. Well, let me just clean something up real quick. Uh, I I have never on any platform said that OG Ananobi is washed. I might you didn't have been, use the word washed. I might have been frustrated with him and like <laughs> uh, accused him of going through the motions and not wanting to be there anymore. Uh, okay, so OG Ananobi is is cooking here, guys. Uh, and, and again, OG Ananobi is a role player. Okay, we're not looking for twenty five five and five here. I'm just talking about on the fringes, looking for steals and threes and the lovely and delicious fantasy gold. Now, uh, stand on the Knicks here, and we'll get to the Raptors in a second, Doc. The uh, OG Ananobi trade, and with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly going out, it has set up an all-you-can-eat buffet for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. I mean, the shots for these guys. Randle in the two games has gone 39 on 24 shots, 35 on 23 shots last night against Chicago. Brunson didn't shoot well in that first game, 16 on 23 shots, then had 31 last night on 22 shots, okay? And I believe on the broadcast, they were saying it's the first time all year that Randall and Brunson have both hit 30 in the same game. Not a coincidence, guys. Barrett and Quick are gone. These guys are going to get all they want every night. Both guys are going to uh, get an uptick here, Doc, in scoring, um, and, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, but on the season, Brunson is averaging 19 shots per game. He is at uh, basically 22 and a half. He's already up three and a half shots per game. Randall's averaging 18 shots per game on the season. He's at 23 and a half in these two games. He's up five shots per game, Doc. Giddy up if you're a Randall and Brunson manager, man. This trade was great news for them. Well, it's exactly what you said. OG Ananobi is a role player, right? He's not gonna, he's not a volume shooter. RJ Barrett is a volume shooter. He needs to have the ball in his hands. He needs to shoot a ton to, to really do what he does. That's gone. All of that is gone. And uh, Precious Achua ain't going to be taking any of uh, Julius Randle's shots. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's extra shots for both guys every night. Maybe, you know, five to ten shots. Uh, that's a big deal. And I don't know if you noticed, but a gentleman named Isaiah Hartenstein Went crazy last night. 20 rebounds, five blocks. I think he had 10 points. Uh, he got some extra shots up too. So I all you can eat buffet in New York is is correct. Um, Hartenstein is killing it, man. Uh his activity. Um, Achua uh, uh got up to 11 minutes last night. The way I see this stock ultimately is that Hartenstein's gonna play about 30 to 32. And Achua will be uh, in the 16 to 18 zone. Um, uh, Tibbs was asked uh, if Achua is going to be the backup center. And he told the reporters in New York he can be. Okay, so essentially Tibbs doesn't give anything away, right? You, you got to come in here and earn it, man. Every minute you get is precious. And you've got to earn it through uh, sweat, sweat equity with me. Uh, but I think Achua is going to uh, eat into the playing time of Hartenstein a little bit eventually. Um, but Hartenstein is killing it right now. Um, and, and I, I wonder, I, Doc, I wonder if Hartenstein can keep this up. I mean, the energy he is expending, flying all over the court, banging off the ground, uh, trying to block every shot. I mean, I love it. I freaking love it. The guy's a tornado out there. But I wonder how long he can keep that up. And I think part of bringing in Achua was uh, they, they didn't have anybody behind him. Jericho Sims, Taj Gibson, that ain't going to work. Okay, now you've got a good backup center in Achua. And I'm not saying go pick up Achua. I just think Achua is going to get to the 15 to 18 minute range. Um, and Hartenstein is going to keep doing uh, big things. Uh, let's go to uh, the Toronto side here, Doc. Emmanuel quickly 
um, is the big winner here. Uh, and I, I want your take to agree on that. Uh, and so start us off here on quickly and what you've been seeing so far in these two games in Toronto. Both wins, by the way, Doc. I, let's do that. I, I also want to talk about Josh Hart before we're done because I'm wondering oh, yeah. if he's if he's cooked <laughs> or washed. Is he? Is he? I'm not going to say washed. Ah, never, is gonna, he washed? No, I, I just <laughs> wonder if he's if he's in trouble because he, he his two stat lines have not been good. The minutes are there, there but he's not doing anything. No shots. Uh, I'm looking at three points. Right here. 11 points on 12 shots over the last two games. Yeah, eight and three. And uh, there's a lot of people out there who have him on their fantasy team right now. And they're like, he, he was kind of my glue guy. He was my role player on my fantasy team. Like, OG is on the Knicks. Is he is he done? Do I need to cut him and move on? Um, it's a good it's a good question here. Uh he he floated on waivers in the Cam Dynasty earlier this year, and uh, and I passed, and I initially regretted it. But Doc, I mean, we, it's just not there, man. It's just not there. Um, you look at the the full season stat line from Josh Hart, um, seven points a game. I mean, you just you lost me right there. Let's go on though. Okay, All six right. rebounds. He's a very good rebounding guard. Three assists. We're not even at a steal per game. We're at <laughs> one three per game. Doc, this is a waiver wire guy that we're talking about here. And Josh Hart is one of these guys that is a stud in reality. He is a difference maker for a contending team trying to rise the standings when playoff series. But in fantasy, I'm good. Okay, so let's move on to Emmanuel quickly. I I raced out and picked him up as soon as the trade went down. Uh, we've been saying all season, you know, what's the difference with Toronto this year and why aren't they good? The only, the only really thing I can see is Dennis Schroeder has been running the show there, and Fred Van Vliet was not. But, uh, you know, they, they were not happy with Schroeder at point guard, I don't think. I don't know if Quickly or Scotty Barnes is the point guard now. I haven't studied the film or watched the team enough to know exactly who's running the point. I have a, a suspicion it's both of them. Uh, but Quickly looks awesome. And quickly from day one, got starting job. He's getting 35 minutes a night. He has a green light. He's good to go. I, I think he's a huge winner in the trade. I think if you picked him up, um, that's awesome. If he's sitting on waivers in your league, you should go get him. Um, we're going to find out if how good of a basketball player he is between now and uh, April. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So uh, I'm in a league where uh, it's a 10-team roster. You keep eight, okay? We talked about Keontae George. He's on my team, and I'm not happy with this, okay? And and I went and picked up quickly. I'm still hanging in there with Keontae George, but I think I'm going to drop him for a forward because now I have a glut of uh, of shooting guards and, and point guards because um, quickly is good to go. And like for years out into the future, okay? Emmanuel quickly is going to be doing this for a while now. He's a starting point guard in the NBA. Uh, the Toronto made a big trade to go get him, and he's the guy, okay? And, and I think he's going to take this job and run with it, Doc. I don't think this is a blow into the dice and roll them down the table and it's going to crap out. No, I think it's going to come up. Um, I think you're going to avoid that seven on that table, Doc. Uh, he is, to me, the biggest winner of this trade. He got the keys to a team. That rarely happens, Doc. Okay, we know how. Th- there's all kinds of good point guards on planet Earth, okay, but only 30 of them start in the NBA. And and then the only like 15 to 20 of them are like really difference makers, right? And I think quickly can get into that 15 to 20 group um, in the uh, two games, he's averaging 24 and four uh, with three stocks per game and three and a half threes per game. And he's just getting started, getting to know his new teammates and finding out rhythm and where they like the ball and all that kind of stuff. And these are the results in the first two games and two wins. Come on, man. Uh, he is he is absolutely uh, greenlit for success. Um, RJ Barrett here is basically, to me, the same dude, Doc, okay? Getting in where he fits in. We're doing the slithery uh, Richard Jefferson slash to the bucket thing, some dunks. Uh, you know, obviously not a good jump shooter, or at least a consistent jump shooter. He's gone 19 and nine and 14 and seven in the two games. Solid, okay? Uh, he definitely should not be out there on waivers. Um, Doc Siakam has gone 30 points per game in these two games. Do you feel like like OG somehow was in the way, which I find hard to believe because they never ran plays for him. Or do you think this is, yo, okay, they just traded my boy, OG Ananobi. I'm next. And so I better pick up my play here to raise my value and get somebody to come rescue me from Toronto. How are you viewing Siakam's first two games here? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Siakam and OG were both sort of just treading water and and Siakam looks – Kind of like a different player since his trade has gone down. I've heard rumors about the Pacers. I've heard rumors about the Hawks. I've heard rumors about this and that. And like, it sounds like Siakam is probably one of the biggest pieces in the the NBA trade puzzle that's going to get moved this offseason. And I'd love to see him go to the Hawks. I'd love to see him go to the Pacers. I, I don't really care. I, I don't think he will stay in Toronto. Uh, and he'd be wise to ball out as much as he can between now and then, uh, you know, to raise his tra- his uh, trade stock as much as he can. But, Doc, uh, I, I know you're a Hawks fan, caca, and uh, Jalen Johnson, who uh, maybe we should just bring into the conversation right now. <laughs> uh, me and Antonio Daniels on Give and Go on NBA Radio, I believe yesterday, uh, just brought up, I it might have been the day before, um, just kicking the tires on that report, right? It was uh, Indiana, it was Dallas, and it was Atlanta as the teams that are kind of bellied up to the bar for Pascal Siakam. And we went team by team. And I mentioned that the Raptors really, really want, according to reports, Jalen Johnson in a trade. And so if the Hawks wanted to trade Jalen Johnson, they could get into some Pascal Siakam. So, Doc, I know I'm hitting you where you live right here because I know you have a big Jalen Johnson opinion. You know I have a big Jalen Johnson opinion. Are you sending Jalen Johnson to Toronto 
to get Pascal in a Hawks uniform. No. I mean, just what we've seen Jalen Johnson do the last three games, monster double-doubles, dunk con- personal dunk contests, private dunk contests, whatever, <laughs> in-game dunk contests. Uh, no, I, I don't, I can't, I can't do that. And, and really, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out who I was talking to because I do this show with you on Thursdays. Ken Kreitz and I do it on Tuesdays. Someone told me within the last couple of weeks that they were not a Jalen Johnson fan. What? I just figured out who it is. It's Mark Schwarz, uh, the ESPN report, retired reporter, famous ESPN retired reporter. I I mentioned Jalen Johnson to him. He was like, eh, not really feeling it. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? You you obviously haven't watched him play, but uh, I'm not moving Jalen Johnson to get Siakam. The, 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 Age difference alone is enough to stop me from doing that. Uh, when, uh, when, when, I mean, obviously he's uh, he's been a badass at his craft. Uh, he just isn't watching. He, he doesn't know much about Jalen Johnson. Um, and, I, you know, in that scenario, you can just say, I don't know, uh, rather than, like, go out on thin ice. And uh, But anyway. No, he knows a lot about fantasy, dude. Like, he was breaking stuff down. Like, he, he's on top of everything. He just is not a Jalen Johnson guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's cool. We can, yeah. uh, we, we can, more, we can Jalen, more Jalen Johnson for us. Um, exactly. So, uh, let me bring up this uh, comment right here, doc. Uh, this is from WW. Uh, would you trade Beal for quickly in a head to head points league? Um, I trade, I trade Beal for a, uh, Schlitz malt liquor tall boy. Right <laughs> <laughs> would you trade? <laughs> would you trade him for a beer bong, Doc? Would you? Would you go uh, a funnel? I would. I would take. A, I would accept a funnel. Uh, I would accept literally almost anything. I get Beal off your team as soon as you can. <laughs> that is a ticking time bomb. I completely agree with Doc. Uh, he went right where I thought he would go with this, guys. Look, uh, Bradley Beal is back, and now is the time to sell high with him. Okay. Because he will get hurt again. I can't guarantee it, but this is what he does. Uh, Bradley Beal in the four games since his return has gone six points. All right, first game back, we get it. Then 25, really good. Then 21, and that was a solid stat line. And then last night happened uh, 21 points, but it was on 7 of 20. And uh, like a kind of a small stat line from there. And you got beat by the LA Clippers. Now, it wasn't all Beal's fault. Kevin Durant didn't play. Game over, okay? Because the way Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden are playing right now, you need all of your weapons. And it was a math problem for Phoenix last night. They just didn't have enough scoring. But, um, and by the way, Doc, a quick stat for you. Maybe the stat of the year uh, in the reality portion of this. The Suns' big three, 42% into the season, has played 64 minutes together. Beal, Booker, Durant, 64 minutes together, and we played 42% of the season. That's awful. That's how you – that's what a disaster looks like. It reminds me of Russell Westbrook going to L.A. Like, this is not working at all. Um, They're two games over 500. They're, you know, trying to stay above the playing tournament line. This is not how we saw this going. But, guys, I want to give you uh, the, the, the solid advice from your boys, the OGs here. I'm Bradley Beal. Now is the time to sell high with him, okay? 
Trouble's around the corner. And, Doc, I want to tell the people this. Do not ask for a lot for Bradley Beal. I have shopped him in the Cam Dynasty, and it's crickets, okay? And I'm not asking for a lot. I'm actually downshifting off of the full body of work and taking into account the dilapidation in his game. And I'm making trades with that valuation of Bradley Beal. And it's still crickets, okay? So you are Beal for quickly? Jump to the mouse, jump to your phone, and tap, 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 and accept, okay? Like, you know what I'm saying, Doc? Like, I, I might even... I don't know. You'd have to give me some other examples here, man. But uh, uh, but I would be looking to bail on Bradley Beal for sure. And uh, and I would, Doc, start with like a regular market valuation, and then I would downshift it. Like if somebody, if you were offering a third round pick in a trade, right, and maybe a dynasty trade, and, and they said, no, it's not good enough. Well, then up it. Put a second round pick in there and see if that entices it. That would be a downshift that I would go with here to get Beal off my roster. I mean, we're living in a world where fantasy managers are dropping, straight up dropping Jordan Poole right now. We're living in a fantasy world where Laurie Markkinen is a ticking time bomb, just like Bradley Beal is. Now, <laughs> Laurie Markkinen, I would argue, is a true, like, get, get rid of him now while his value's high. Beal, those numbers aren't even that good, Rick. 6, 25, 25, 21, 2 of 13 on threes. Right. KD wasn't there. If KD's playing, those numbers are half of what they are, probably. Uh, I don't even know if it if it's qualifies as a sell-high situation. Like, the fact that he's on the court and playing basketball and contributing to his team is enough for you to go try to move him. And you're right. You cannot ask for the world back. You can't treat this like three years ago Brad Beal. This is today's Brad Beal. And even, even if you're getting rid of him at a high point, you're still going to get a minimal return uh, coming back. No doubt, man. Uh, I want to bring up a comment here because this is pretty cool, Doc. Uh, the worldwide presence of your boys. Um, Aditya Maluk, who is in here frequently, says, Happy New Year 2024, Doc A and Rick K. Shout out to, uh, with much love, from Jakarta, Indonesia. Um, Aditya, that's awesome, man. Uh, we are live in Indonesia right now, Doc, on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. How's that feel, man? That feels good. We're big in Indonesia. You and I have had the, the conversation in the past that it appears that we're also big in the Philippines. Yes. Who knows, who knows where else uh, we're huge? Maybe, maybe Iowa, maybe North Dakota. <laughs> Hey, Rick, <laughs> Underdog Fantasy is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pick'em contests. If you haven't tried Underdog yet, new Underdog users receive a first-time deposit bonus up to $100 and a free six-month subscription to Rotowire with promo code RWNBA. That's promo code RWNBA. Visit underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app today. Use promo code RWNBA to claim your free Rotowire subscription and deposit bonus. Rick, when when Kenny Kreitz and I, when K Train and I do this show together, and I read that ad when I'm done, he goes, "That's promo code RWNBA," and he's like radio voice, and then he's got this this whistle that he blows, the K Train train whistle. And it's it's amazing. You you have to see it. <laughs> K trains the man. Uh, I, I don't have a whistle. 
Um, nor do I have a bit right now in this moment. But uh, we, we shout out K-Train. Love that dude. Um, by the way, uh, a quick update on the Cam Dynasty. Uh, in my opinion, the greatest fantasy league on earth, uh, which Doc A is in. Um, me and uh, Darren Wilson, who's a media guy, a big-time media guy in Minneapolis, uh, reporter and, uh, and announcer, uh, me and him and Ken Kreitz are all separated atop the leaderboard by one game, Doc. Uh, uh, Doogie, as we call him, Darren Wilson, 57, 21, and 2. I'm 57, 22, and 1. I beat him last week 5 2 1 uh, in an eight category league. We don't do turnovers over here. Turnovers suck, they ruin leagues, okay? And then we got the K train at 57 and 23. All three of us have 57 wins. And then it goes 21 L's, 22 losses, 23 losses uh, for Doogie, me, and K-Train. That's pretty cool. And then Justin Fensterman, who's a big-time fantasy uh, name, uh, fantasy sports radio, and I believe fantasy alarm and all this kind of stuff, um, uh, and, and my boy, uh, he's fourth. So that's the top of the leaderboard right now. But the K-Train is the defending champ, and we're trying to knock him off, man. So shout-out to the K-Train. Um, Aditya, uh, Doc, it brings up a question here. Are Eason... Uh, uh, Tari Eason, Poge, uh, Pojemski, and Trace Jackson Davis still holds Yahoo head to head 12 team 15 cat. I say yes, Doc. Uh, on all three of those guys are still holds. How about you? Uh, can you throw that up on the screen so I can see it? I sure can, and I should have done that. And, and so, so that all, the, all of our viewers can yeah. see it as well. So, Tari Eason, uh, didn't play last game, I don't think. Uh, that is correct. That is, still, and you know, you know, you know why, right? Uh, okay, let me break it down for you. Let me break it down. It been my birthday that I took off. Yeah, no, it, it was last night actually. It was uh, oh. it was Nets at Rockets. Okay, let me explain what happened there. Uh, Ime Odoka has been playing uh, Tari Eason twenty five to twenty seven minutes, right? And he's questionable for every game. And so uh, uh, Ime Odoka was like, "Yo, bye week. Let's rest him. It's the Nets." That's what happened last night, Doc. If that were the Celtics. Or, or the Thunder, or like a good team, Eason would have played last night. I am telling you right now, he looked for an opportunity to rest Tari Eason last night. It is nothing to worry about. Okay, so, I, and I'm still in on Eason. I wish he was playing better than he than he is. I wish we were, I wish he was a automatic lock so people didn't have to, even have to ask this question, but I mean, it's a pretty good question. Uh, I like Eason. I'm in on po- Poge. I'm all in on Poge. Like, I'm not I'm not dropping Poge. And then You're TJ not D, stepping on Poge? No. Uh, <laughs> TJD is also a guy I'm hanging on to until I just can't do it anymore. We've talked about it a hundred <laughs> times here. Steve Kerr loves him. I don't know how he fell the 57th in the draft. He's better than Draymond Green as a basketball player right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in on all three of these guys. But, you know, if you're in a, say, 10-team league – and there's hot free agents. These are the guys that you're going to be having to make decisions on. So I, I get the question. Yeah. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis would be the guy on the cut line for me. Played 24 minutes. He is starting, but he's not going to play big minutes. They're going to work in Looney. Draymond Green's return uh, is going to happen at some point here, and that's going to eat into his minutes. Sarge is still um, a player in this. And so uh, I for now, I'd hang in there with Trace Jackson Davis. But Doc is right. Poge ain't going anywhere, man. He plays harder than anybody else on the roster, okay? And they they just – I was thinking about this the other day. Steve Kerr was talking about we have a grit problem, right? And they do. But th- to me, they just don't play hard enough. 
Okay, they don't hustle. They're not diving around. They're not like if Clay Thompson sees a loose ball, he treats it like Cam Newton treats the fumble in the Super Bowl. You remember when Cam Newton fumbled against Denver with the game on the line and just watched the ball and Denver pounced on it and you lose? You remember that? Do you remember that, Dr. A? All right, <laughs> that's Clay Thompson right now. He ain't diving on the floor. You Is Andrew Wiggins diving on the floor right now? No, he's pissed. He's in the doghouse. He's coming off the bench. He came into the season in terrible shape, blah, blah, blah. All right, I digress. Um, we have a, a comment here from uh, Alan Ramos. Just want to pull this up right here. I picked up Jalen Johnson. He was on waivers in my league because he was injured. Just wanted to uh, shout you out, Alan. Thank you for being in here. And that is a big win for your team. Uh, Don Sicario uh, says here, without Jalen, Hawks don't have anything worth Raptors time. Doc, I would agree with that. Would you? Well, and that's, that's yes. And that's my big question about Dallas being in the mix. What are they going to send to Toronto? Good question. To I have the answer. Siakam back. Is it Grant Williams? Uh, yes. I, I believe, Doc, that Dallas is the best fit for Pascal. Um, Dallas needs uh, one more layer of star power. If you have Siakam, Kyrie, and Luka, and they're all healthy, okay, you have my attention. Luka and Kyrie and the Luka Etz does not have my attention. So uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Doc, would probably be in that deal. He's at 18 and 16, I believe, on the last two years of his deal. Grant Williams is in the first year of a 4 and 53. Uh, maybe Masai Ujiri wants that barking dog who has not been a barking dog this year in Dallas. It's been weird and the performances have been bad. But yes, maybe he wants Prosper. Maybe he wants Jalen Hardy. Maybe he wants Josh Green. Dallas has dudes that can be traded for Pascal Siakam. Uh, Kleba's contract, Rashawn Holmes' contract. They, they got stuck and they got picks. And so Dallas, to me, uh, is going to be the next home of Pascal Siakam. And I will really like that move depending on what they uh, give up. Go ahead, Doc. As a as, as a Dallas supporter, that would be big. Like, Luka needs help. He can't do that. He can't do this all season. Uh, he, he just can't – he can't carry the team on his back the entire year. Um, I want to bring this up because this name is absolutely hilarious. Um, and uh, as I bring this up, I'll uh, – uh, I hope the NBA isn't listening. It is Rick Kamla and uh, Dr. A. Steve Alexander on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, bleep Scott <laughs> Foster. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious, dude. You are funny. Um, would you trade Keegan for quickly in a nine category head-to-head? Um, I would, Doc. I would. And he's hit me where I live right there. Uh, so it's uh, the announcer in Sacramento, Keegan, and the crowd goes, Murray. It's the best. I freaking love that at Sacramento games, and I love me some Keegan Murray. But I'm going to trade Keegan for quickly right now, Doc. How about you? Wow. Well, Murray kind of blew up last night. He had 28 and 12, a couple threes. He'd been quiet for four games before that. So it was sort of um, – Sort of a buy low situation on Keegan until last night, but I I think Keegan is more of a. I, it's sort of like you're trading Keegan for Deer and Fox, right? Because quickly he's going to kind of be in that Fox role, and Keegan is more like in the OG Ananobi role. Um, he's more of a three point shooter and a a role player guy on most nights. He's going to have big games here and there, but I I think I'd rather have quickly. 
It is Rick Kamla and Dr. A here on the World of Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. And, uh, okay, where do I want to go next here with my boy? Um, let's go to the rise of Scoot Henderson here, Doc. Scoot Henderson, uh, it took a minute, but he is now doing what I think a lot of us thought he would do. He's in the starting lineup over the last week, uh, a four-game sample size. He is at 18 points, four rebounds, seven assists, one block, one steal, two threes, and 30-plus minutes each game. And, Doc, last night, the Blazers predictably got thrashed by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Scoot was the only player to play 30-plus minutes last night. And you look at the minutes played in the box score. It's 21, 22, 24, 23, that kind of thing. And then, whoa, Scoot played 33. Guys, that is what we want to see. That is phenomenal news, okay? That is a clear indication that even in a 30-plus point blowout, we got to develop this guy. and We got to play this guy, okay? This is a sign that they will not shut down Scoot Henderson. This is a sign that he is the priority lineup-wise, for the rest of the season. Anthony Simons is who he is. He's a fantastic player. Jeremy Grant is who he is, a fantastic player. DeAndre Ayton, okay, is not. And DeAndre Ayton, to me, Doc, and I melted down on this on NBA radio yesterday, so I'll bring it over here. I still got meltdown left in me. I am out on DeAndre Ayton. I am done defending him. I am done trying to tell people to complain about his low motor that they're wrong because they're not. He does have a low motor. Doc, DeAndre Ayton has the worst talent, to motor ratio in the entire NBA. This dude should be 2010 walking, man. So anyway, back to Scoot here, Doc. Uh, I, I believe that now he is the priority for the rest of the season. They got probably 55, 57% of their season left, and it is all about developing this guy right here. So talk to me about Scoot. I mean, I hope so. I had him in my DFS lineups last night. Um, what did he shoot? Two for 11, something hor horrific. Uh, but the minutes are there. He's coming on. He's 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 actually playing a lot for Portland. He's actually over the last three weeks, you see his name a lot more than you saw it before that. He's kind of balling out. I think last night was a fluke. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of all in on on Scoot right now. Even even though he made me mad last night. Um. Yeah. And and so I'm glad you brought that up because guys, it's gonna be dirty. Um. He is shooting in the 30s over this stretch. Uh. I believe in the 60s on free throws. And I don't really care about three percentage because it's about the 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 you know the number of threes that you hit, and then the percentages is sort of baked into the field goal percentage and head-to-head -head leagues and that kind of thing. So I don't care if he shoots 27% from three-point range. I don't care if he's banging 2.1 threes per game. That's all I care about. And I I'm I'm going to like understand that I'm going to take a field goal hit here. Um, and so he's not a perfect player, but but Scoot um is ascending, and, and I absolutely love to see that. Let's go back to the comment bar here. Uh, Doc, and uh, and check in with our people here. We love that you guys are out there. Uh, let's go to uh, bu 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 what what is uh, what what is this one right here? Uh, Mikoj, um right here says, "What do we think of Ivy?" So I love Jaden Ivy, but I hate the pardon me the deployment of Jaden Ivy. And Doc, I watched uh, the fourth quarter and uh, overtime of of uh, Detroit and Utah last night. Boy, am I glad I popped that game on, Doc. I, I looked and I was like, ooh, this game's close. Boom, popped it up, watched that last part, and it was like March Madness. I mean, the the back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. We had four, like, potential game-winning shots, just ballsy three balls um, in the last, like, 30 seconds of that game. It was the good stuff, man. Um, but when I'm watching 
Doc, and let me explain something. I'll, I'll keep it very real with you and the people. Um, I don't watch a lot of Pistons basketball. I'm watching some Pistons basketball right now because of the streak, okay? And then how they kind of come out of the streak, and they got smashed by Houston the other night. And so last night at Utah, I was kind of like, all right, Detroit, you're going to go right back into another 17-game losing streak? What's going to happen here? So they played very well. It was a winning effort and performance, I thought, by Detroit, but Utah was just a little bit better. Um, but I, I'm watching these late-game sequences, and I'm always seeing Isaiah Livers out there, and I don't see Jaden Ivey out there. It's a huge problem, Doc. So in Dynasty, I love him. You hug him and you nourish him and nurture him and keep him. Um, in redraft, I, I in redraft, he's just a dude for me right now, Doc. Well, dude, I sent you a picture last night uh, of my three bad beats at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, I had Fontecchio scoring 12. He easily hit. I had Colin Sexton scoring 18. He easily hit. Cunningham easily hit. Laurie Marketing. Uh, easily hit. The only guy I was waiting on was Jaden Ivey. Oh. I'm I'm with you, dude. I turn on the Pistons game, and I'm like, where is Jaden Ivey? It's all Alec Burks, right? And it's all Isaiah Livers. And they're just out there running around, running around, running around. <laughs> Finally, Burks hits that crazy three to send it to the second overtime or first overtime, whatever. Yeah. And Ivey, Ivey got back in the game for the second for the end of the second overtime when somebody fouled out. I don't remember who fouled out. Somebody Might have been fouled. I, I think that game only went one overtime last night. I think you're confusing it with – were you up late watching Sac Orlando, by the way? That oh, was like, yeah. That was, that was the like double. the freaking game of the year, man. That wow. was the double overtime game, right? God bless America. That was okay. a good basketball game. Okay, man. so this was, this was single overtime. Somebody fouls out. They put Ivy in there. He's got an open look at a three, and he, he gets here, and he turns and passes it over to Alec Burks. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doc. That's I'm how sorry. I lost. And, and it's true. Like, Jaden Ivey was not in the game at all in the fourth quarter. Just saying. Just saying. And it goes back to money, man. I mean, this whole win-now mentality, and Jaden Ivey's young, and I, I don't understand it. Thank goodness Scoot does not play for Detroit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Osar Thompson, too, is in this minute's uh, buzzkill uh, that Monty Williams has created. Uh, but that was a hell of a game. Um, and, you know, I, I do understand Alec Burks playing a little bit uh, because he's a good player. I, I don't understand Livers being in the way of Jaden Ivey. That makes no sense to me at all. We're developing Livers over Ivy, a top five pick. That's insanity, okay? Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Free Key says, do you think – let me pull this up here um look, look at me with the tech today this is so slick doc uh free key says do you think clay talking about his combo with kerr will help him improve this year that is a great question and uh me and antonio daniels talked about this yesterday on nba radio i feel like it's a bit of a penalty box thing for clay thompson all right steve kerr sat him down because steve kerr was pissed about the bad body language. And Clay talked in that soundbite about how Kerr talked to him about how his bad body language and negative energy was impacting the team. And it was. I watch almost every minute of every Warriors game, and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen Clay Thompson like stomp and brood back to the bench after three more consecutive missed threes and just down like this. And dudes are trying to dap him up and lift him, and he's just not even raising his hand. It's bad body language. And yes, it is bad, especially for young guys and all this kind of stuff. Um, it, but just like who wants to be around a pouted up dude all the time. Okay. So I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Clay's play. 
I think what Steve Kerr did to Clay Thompson, Doc, is he put him on notice. And he said, if you want to continue employment here with us, you have to change right now, okay? And if you don't, dude, you're in a contract year. You're up here with your valuation of yourself. We're down here with our valuation of you. They, they have talked off and on about contract extension all year, Doc. No extension has been signed. It's because Clay is overvaluing himself. So I, I, I don't see this uh, positively impacting Clay Thompson at all. How about you? I mean, the fact that we're sitting here in January still talking about Clay's body language and something doesn't look right. And I mean, the Warriors are are the the most dysfunctional team in the maybe not in the whole league, but their identity. They don't have an identity. They're just a mess. Detroit's the most dysfunctional team, and and then we can we can debate number two. But but they're a mess. Like uh, Golden State has no identity. Clay Clay kind of looks old. You know, he kind of looks like a guy who's had three major surgeries. Does he look washed? I didn't say washed. (laughs) But uh, the fact we're sitting here talking about Clay this late in the season, uh, and like you know. You, you turn on ESPN right now, and it's like, do the Warriors have time to turn this thing around? They're on their – this is like their last gasp. And uh, I'm not sure I'd put anything past Steph Curry, but the way things are going in Golden State, man, it sure it sure doesn't feel all that great. Rick, I've got a, I've got a question pulled up here that timely to what we've been talking about. It's from the Philippines. Yes. It's from Ian. He says, do you hold on to John Collins – if no one will give you anything for him, uh, let me uh, let me check back in with John Collins here. Uh, my my inclination is to say hang in there with him. I mean, he's still uh, a, a a really solid player in the NBA. Um, now I I'm off of Collins because I fear the late season shutdown. Um, you know, last uh, last five games, uh oh, the minutes are dreadful. 18-26-21-18-24. Uh, Look, man, um, eh, I'm looking at John Collins. I mean, if the minutes are going to slide like this, uh, you can cast him back to waivers. I mean, he'll be picked up immediately. Uh, Somebody hoping that things change and things budge. Oh, John Collins is on waivers. Bam, I'm going to snatch him up. But you might not ultimately regret it. On the season, if you round up and round down like I like to do, he's at 14 and 8, not even close to a block. Uh, We're 48 field, 37-3, making 1.43s per game. Um, so, Doc, we're, we're real light in the fantasy gold here, man. And, uh, and and the numbers are dipping. The playing time is dipping. The shutdown is around the corner. I, I would look to flip him for something. Um, you know, I don't know, Doc, off the top of my head. Uh, hey, listen to this. Go ahead. Listen, so, since you start talking about the, the Cam dynasty, and you always mention that I'm in the league, but we never talk about where I stand in the league. because I'm Well, always I'm down trying to. At, I'm always down at the bottom. I mean, I get it. But you, you mentioned that. I'm like, you know what? I haven't looked at that roster in a while. So if I've looked distracted for the last few minutes because I've been out there dropping guys, picking up my boy Sal Fantecchio, dude, I would drop John Collins for Fantecchio right now. If the Jazz are going to shut everybody down, they're going to let Sal play at the end of the year. They're letting him play right now. I'm guessing his minutes, he's probably getting 12 more minutes a game than John Collins is. Yeah, he's in the way. He's in the way for sure. Uh, Keontae George is not going to get shut down, right? They're going to develop him. He will stay on the court. But the the Markinens, the Clarksons, uh, uh, those 
Kessler. Well, I mean, Kessler's a second-year guy. Why are we shutting him down? You know what I mean? You lose every night anyway. Dude, but, they haven't been playing him very much. I know. I Does that make any sense to you? No, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Kelly, maybe they're trying to like uh, billow Kelly O'Linick's trade value before trading him at the deadline. So they're auditioning him a little bit. But uh, I think it, it, that's a good point. The the uh, Will Hardy's um, deployment of, of Walker Kessler has been very mystifying uh, this year. Um, let's see here. Uh, what's another comment out? We here? also we also got some Hong Kong. Speaking of uh, speaking of Keontae. They're coming at us from everywhere, Rick. This is amazing. Hong Kong, Indonesia, Philippines. Philippines. Let's go. This is huge, man. This is huge. Uh, world travelers without even leaving our homes. This is freaking amazing. Um, I want to go back to Bleep Scott Foster here real quick and, oh, yeah, and have sorry. some fun with this. Um, no, I mean, we're just freelancing here and winging it. Uh, he says, Kamala and Dr. A gives me mid-late 2000s NBA TV vibes when Rick used to have Doc via phone. Patch to talk fantasy hoops to goats. Doc, Bleep Scott Foster just brought up a moment in time for both of us, man. You on your rise, me on my rise. Uh, having you on the show with the, with the two ways that we used to do. Uh, th- those were good times, man. Those were good times. We were, we were popularizing fantasy basketball for the world in that moment. And that is not an inaccurate statement. It's not. And it also was such a, such a crazy crazy thing that it's come full circle like I I feel like you and I started almost together on that show even though I wasn't paid I wasn't part of it I wasn't even a fantasy analyst at that point really I just started at Roto World and I was like I'm gonna call my boy Camel and I and you liked a couple (laughs) of my takes and you're like hey doc next time you call in tell him tell him you're doc and I'm just gonna have him ship you right to the front of the line and like like I would call in once or twice a week, maybe more. I don't even remember, but uh, they would just be like, "Hey, Doc, what's up?" And like, like uh, I'd get hustled to the front. You and I would have, have a conversation, sort of like this. And it's it's cool that there's people out there that witness that and remember it because it was a long damn time ago. It was right around 2000, I'm guessing 2001. It was a long time ago, Doc. Probably like. Yeah, 06, 07, 08, 09, you know, in that range right there. Because we uh, we left, um, I was in Secaucus for six years. And then the last 11 years at NBA TV were down in Atlanta. So, uh, and I started with NBA TV at like 2003. And and then, like I said, uh, uh, 20, I'm getting my math screwed up here. But anyway, it was late, late. Was uh, in the, yeah, I think it was in, in the 2003, 2004 range because I was calling the show from Indy and I moved from Indy in 2000. Oh, there you go. It was, well, then, yeah, that that's a better t- timestamp than I got. It was so you, you were that, you were that early on the fantasy show. We weren't like cooking for a couple of years. You were like, just like we had just launched the show and my boy was calling. Is that how that went? Yeah. Yeah. And I just started it. I think I started Roto world in 2000 and then I, I got my own column in like 2002 or 2003 found you around that time how did and, you fi- how did you find out about uh the the uh what was it called uh virtual gm gatorade virtual gm how did you find out about that the tv show yeah oh i, w- I was writing about the nba i was going to bed at you know four o'clock every morning i was watching you know i'd flip through i'd, I'd flip in the channel of the nba tv one day and there's some freak in a sweatshirt in a hoodie like he's in his 
in his attic or bedroom, mom's house, bedroom or something, wearing a Magic Johnson shirt, talking about fantasy fantasy basketball. I'm like, oh my god, this is how how have I not seen this before? And then I I, I think the first time I saw that show, I watched it every single every single night for the probably until it was gone. Um, my man, uh, I, just a quick story. Like my start in this uh, came through fantasy football and I saw a, uh, a little newsletter or pamphlet type of thing in, in a, a bookstore in downtown Minneapolis. And it was called Fantasy Football Weekly, a little like like newspaper thing, almost like a creative loafing or like that, that like uh, indie rag in your city that has all the concerts in it. Right. Something like of that form. And I look at this thing, I'm like, what in the hell is this? Cause I was already playing fantasy football and like in the very early days and I'm like, I pick it up and I'm like, I'm reading through it. And they're giving like advice uh, for the upcoming week's games. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is world changing right here. And so I had that experience that, that you like, and then you said you watched it every night and you, you, it was just like a point. Like I got that pamphlet every week, um, ended up going to Paul Charchian, the publisher of that pamphlet, and he hired me and boom, launched the whole career. Uh, thankfully, that was whole all operated in Minneapolis. That was very huge for me. Um, if I was in Wyoming and it was in Minneapolis, I don't know, it might have been dead on the cutting room floor, Doc, but I was like, 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 like a kid that found Van Halen or a kid that found Led Zeppelin or a kid that found the Grateful Dead about that, right? I'm like, oh my God, this has changed my freaking life. Um, cause at that time, doc fantasy football, it was about full season predictions and about books and magazines going into the year. And there was nobody doing the in season thing in terms of giving advice. It was, here's my magazine, buy it. And then good luck the rest of the year. Say la vie. Um, and so, uh, a shout out to Paul Church and a Rob Fithian, uh, two goats of, uh, this industry as well. You know, my, my buddy, John Dishinger. Uh, he he called me one day in India and he said, have you seen this website? And it, it was a website a lot like Rotowire. And I said, no. And I went there and my head exploded. I was like, uh, this is straight up news and it's happening live. And, and so that, that was mind blowing. And the other really mind blowing moment of my life when it comes to, to, my career was the, uh, when we snuck into my wife's boss's office uh, at midnight and got on his computer and hopped on America online at about, they, they told, they were like, now this costs like three or $4 a minute. So we got to be quick. We got in there and, and I went to sports NBA box score. And the first time I ever saw a live box score the night of the game and not in the newspaper the next morning in like 19, this is probably 1994, 95 blew my mind. I'm like, this changes everything. I don't have to wait <laughs> for the indie star to come to my house tomorrow to, to open it up and see the crappy box score that only shows points, rebounds and assists. They have everything and it's, it's live. It's real time. And I, I just, I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, so we're getting another shout out here. Uh, Shea Seeley uh, is uh, uh, watching from Trinidad. Th th this is literally amazing and humbling. Trinidad, uh, we've had Hong Kong, we've had the Philippines, and we, got, we have Indonesia. We got Central Europe. All in the same show. Central Europe is here. 
This is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right, Doc. Uh, let me uh, let me let me see what other rhymes we got for the people here. Um, uh, okay, let me talk about uh, we, uh, we we're we're getting pretty close to the end here, folks. Uh, but uh, okay, this is a, a development last night. Austin Reeves in the starting lineup, Doc, and it does give us an opportunity to talk about Darvin Ham being on thin ice. Um, so uh, Austin Reeves has needed to start for a while. For me, when they benched D'Angelo Russell, that should have been Reeves in the starting lineup. But, uh, you know, Ham went in some different directions, and so he got it right last night. Obviously, they got – they didn't get destroyed, but I never I never felt like L.A. was going to win that game last night. Miami had him at arm's length the whole game. But Reeves, Doc, fantasy-wise, oh, boy, is this a green light for him. He went 24-5-8 and eight last night, 7-12 of 12 overall, two threes, 8-9 of nine free throws, and played 37 minutes. And, Doc, I don't think he's going to lead this starting five for a long, long, long time, or unless he's traded to Chicago for Zach Levine, and then he will start for them. But if he makes it through this deadline, and maybe they can trade Rui and Russell and stuff for Levine, then, um, well, Austin Reeves may go back to the bench at that point because uh, then it's maybe too much star power in your starting lineup. Um, but, I, you know, barring a Levine trade, I think Reeves is good to go here, Doc. And I don't think he will go back to the bench. I think the toggling is over for Austin Reeves. How about you? I hope so, man. Uh, as a Austin Reeves manager in our 30-team league, where my team is in third place currently, struggling this week a little bit, but we're, we're hanging in there. Um, I need Austin Reeves on the court as much as possible, especially when my sixth starter is Robert Covington, who's about as reliable as Bradley Beal's uh, left leg. Um, yeah, I, I want Austin Reeves out there. I'm psyched that he is out there. He, I, I don't know. I don't understand why he was not out there to begin with. But and it goes back to Darvin Ham has lost this locker room and. Uh, body language is bad in La La Land, and I'm expecting some news in the next couple of days. How about you? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, I don't like this at all. I don't like this at all. Doc, how do we go from making an improbable run to the Western Conference Finals that nobody saw? And then we win the in-season tournament, and we hang a banner, and now we've been in a rough stretch, and we fire you. How? This is way too quick, Doc. This is Ed Ogeron, LSU bullish. You remember Ed Ogeron with uh, with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and all these guys? They win the Natty, right? Twenty one months later, Ed Ogeron was whacked for your boy Brian Kelly. And what the hell has he done at LSU except underperform and steal a Heisman from Michael Penix Jr.? Don't get me started. Um, no, I I'm feeling some kind of way about LeBron with this. Oh, dude, it's all it's all LeBron, dude. Dude, hang in there for a minute. I know you're losing. I know you're under 500, but now we want to whack the coach? Doc, they just whacked Frank Vogel. They whacked him. The Russell Westbrook thing was LeBron's fault. He and Davis, they had a powwow and wanted to bring him in. It was a disaster. And so Frank Vogel gets whacked because everybody went along with LeBron and clutch sports in that trade. And then the uh, uh, Genie Bus, Rob Polinka, they took the steering wheel back of the team and they said, we're not going to let you drive our car into the road again. But here we go again. I mean, and I love LeBron overall and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not like a LeBron banger. I want to make that very clear because there are LeBron bangers out there. There's a guy that wears a toupee out west. He's making zillions of dollars a year 
on an empire created from banging on LeBron James. It's not what I do here. But I am feeling some kind of way about LeBron right now. Because if there's a disconnect in the locker room, is, is Darvin Ham in a disconnect with Austin Reeves getting Sham Sharani to report? No. It's a disconnect between LeBron and Darvin Ham. And I don't like it, Doc. I don't like it at all. Hang in there. If if you go through the rest of this season and you lose in the first round, fire Darvin Ham. You're going to whack him in January? Right after winning the NBA Cup? Give me a break, dude. Give me a break. This is not sitting well with me at all. Well, and you know, the, the Kamensky bros tweeted about LeBron's body language during the game last night. They're like, I don't know if LeBron was hurt or if he just wasn't feeling it, but he didn't look like he was very interested in what was going on. And then today the report comes out that Darvin Ham's job is on the line. He's lost the locker room. Everybody's upset. So uh, that is a direct one-to-one correlation between Darvin Ham and LeBron James. I'm sure AD probably has his back. Um, You know, I mean, LeBron holds a lot of power, man. Way more power than players probably should be able to. I mean, he's earned it, right? 21st season. He's the third best player all time, in my opinion, behind Jordan and Kareem. So I I get the power and where it all comes from, but I I think this is a bad, an abuse of power, Doc, uh, to use an old historical reference um, from all the stuff that I forgot from being a history major at the University of Minnesota. Uh, My wife brings up a historical nugget, right? And I'm like, yeah, I forgot that. She's like, did you forget everything you learned in college? I said, Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I was just memorizing stuff to ace tests and have a good GPA. What are we doing here? Am I taking all this these fine print historical facts in the rest of my life? How the hell is that going to help me? Hey, um, I just Soren, to be, what's up? Soren's favorite saying right now is, why do I need to go to school? Everything I need to know is on my phone in my pocket. Like, what? <laughs> why, why are we wasting our time at school? Because literally everything I need to know right there. I'm not mad at Soren for that. That's actually very clever thinking. Um, and and th- this is a man, a young man that wants to streamline his time. How much wasted time do we have at school over the years, right? Not so much in college, but in high school. My God, it felt like half of that time is completely wasted. Um, and, and it would blah, 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 blah. Didn't even make it on the test that we had to take. Um, Doc, we are out of time, my friend. Any last massages for the people before we get out of here? No, it was fun uh, taking a trip down memory lane. I always enjoy doing that. Hopefully, hopefully people get a kick out of it. Um, but yeah, it I, I I'm just so psyched to be at RotoWire and, and doing these podcasts with you and, and Kreitz and a whole slew of people. You and I, I think, should have had a podcast together a long time ago. It was a long time coming. Uh, it's my favorite part of the week, honestly, and it's it's fun. So. My guy, my guy. I feel the same way. Uh, I, I'm geeked about this every single week. And uh, shout out to all the bosses with Rotowire for bringing this together, man. Uh, we really appreciate you, DJ Trainer and Nick Whalen, uh, especially uh, for putting this together, man. So for Dr. A, for all of us here at Rotowire, I am Rick Hamlet. Good luck, folks, and go get some wins and fantasy ball. We'll see you next week.